Welcome to the Daily Real Estate Investor Podcast. I'm your host, Josiah Smelser. The Daily Real Estate Investor Podcast is the shared journey of building a real estate investment property business from square one. Join me as we learn together how to conquer the real estate game to reach financial freedom. Together, we will learn from people in all areas of real estate and business in our personal trek towards escaping the rat race. Be you. Do the work you love. Play the long game. What's up, ladies and gents? We're back for another episode of the Daily Real Estate Investor Podcast. I'm excited today because we're having Richard and Melody Locklear on the podcast. They're friends of ours. They live here in Alabama, uh, in Athens, Alabama, and they're making really great progress on building their real estate investment portfolio. Um, they started off on the Dave Ramsey plan and they kind of morphed into the Ramsey plan, the burst strategy meet meeting the, the Dave Ramsey plan. Uh, we coined that term on this episode. I might have to say that that's mine, the Ramsey plan. Um, but they're making some great traction. And the cool thing is they've used all of their own money on this. So um, I think this is something that uh, a story that can benefit everyone that's listening that's trying to build a portfolio you're trying to figure out how to how to use the capital that you've scraped together in the best way possible and repurpose that money to keep investing and building. And um, we're going to talk about the Burr strategy. We're going to talk about how to locate deals, and uh, we're even going to we're even going to talk about some zombies. So if you like any of those those items or all of the above, you need to stay tuned. So without further ado, let's dive into the episode. Real quick. I wanted to let you know that I'm now offering coaching and consulting on a limited basis at a very affordable rate. If you have a project you're working on or struggling with identifying and creating a plan to reach your goals, this could be a good fit for you. Feel free to reach out to me at Daily Real Estate Investor on Instagram and shoot me a direct message there or send me an email. The email is josiahsmelser at gmail.com. That's J-O-S-I-A-H-S-M-E-L-S-E-R at gmail.com. Also check out my book, dream it and build it. How to crush your real estate investing goals. You can find it on Amazon. Now let's dive into our episode. I'm super excited to have a couple people that I've met here locally in Alabama that are friends of mine that are really making a lot of great traction in real estate investing and are also really cool people. I've got Richard and Melody Locklear on the podcast. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. We're excited. Man, I'm excited. I'm more excited. <laughs> Richard, contain your excitement. <laughs> <laughs> I am excited. Hey, thanks for having us on, man. I really like the uh, show. And uh, congratulations on getting Matt Faircloth on the show. That was awesome. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm always, uh, when I started the show, I thought the only person that would listen to it would be my mom. Uh, <laughs> and, she's, and she's one of the people that's not listening to it. So... Uh, it's, it's funny how you, uh, you, you know, she's, she said she's listened to it before, but it's not really her cup of tea. But I remember one of my friends started a podcast and he said the same thing. He's like, and his podcast was pretty explicit too. He said, the only person in the world that I really don't want to listen to my podcast is my mom. And she's the only one that's listening to it. So <laughs> it, was, it was pretty funny. So, um, but anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm looking like bumper music, the intro music you've got on the podcast. Oh, thanks man. I, uh, it was funny when I when I was starting and I was trying to figure out what I was going to do for for the music uh, piece of the whole thing, and then you're you're dancing around, you know, like copyrights and and all that and rights to the music, and I so I found that I was like I'm gonna I'm gonna go with this, and then I uh, I did a thing on Fiverr where I got on there and and I got a guy to write a little rap jingle. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard that. I put it on one episode. And, uh, I got so much feedback from that, both negative and positive. Some people said they loved it. And some people were like, this is the hokiest, weirdest thing ever. So, uh, <laughs> I so I, I just, now. I went back to my old school music and I'm, I'm sticking <laughs> with it. So I'm glad to hear it's resonating. Well, um, let's dive into your story. Tell us first about you and your family, where you're from, where you currently live, where you're currently doing real estate deals. And then we'll, we'll dive, we'll kind of dive into the history of, um, your whole story and stuff. 
Okay. Uh, yeah. So um, Melanie and I live nearby Huntsville in Athens, Alabama, and have uh, four children. And uh, we've gotten into real estate and uh, really liked it. Yeah, we've been doing uh, real estate for about three years, almost exactly three years now. Sweet. So um, what do you guys do for a living? So I am a stay-at-home mom. Um, I've been home with the kids for, let's see, since uh, 2013. Um, and Richard, go ahead. Uh, I'm a project manager for the Army Corps of Engineers and an uh, Army Reservist. Nice. So both of you manage chaos for a living. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's it. It is. Yeah, that's yes. it on. That's it on. <laughs> yeah. Um, at one point, my wife, it, when we were living in Arkansas and I was working at CBRE, uh, my wife was staying at home with uh, our oldest and it was pure chaos. She was man <laughs> she was managing pure chaos. Uh and now she's back at work. And since they closed down the schools and whatnot, she's you know got her own counseling business. And I've been manning the ship with our three kids when they've been home. And I've been the manager of chaos while I'm trying to also run my small business and everything else. So uh, it's it's not an easy task uh, working with the kids at home. I know that. But um, so let's let's talk about like what brought you what what attracted you to real estate investing and and why is this the course you've chosen and and um and whatnot? Yeah, definitely two two very different courses. So uh, you know we got married about twelve years ago, and um, Melody said, "Hey, so uh, we're going to do the Dave Ramsey program." Ah. Like, okay, what well, what's that? <laughs> and um, so we we did the Dave Ramsey program like all the way through, paid off everything and the house, and you know it, it always says. You know, when you get done, the the grass in your front yard feels greener. <laughs> and honestly, we just felt a little bit like something was missing. I was like, the grass doesn't feel any greener. It's not any different. We're, you know, we're still going to be doing the same thing for, uh, you know, 30 years or so. And uh, <laughs> we, we kind of discovered that, you know, it, it is nice to, to pay off the house. And we do live in an affordable area, so that helps a lot. You know, this is, this is. Alabama, it's not California. Um, but you know, having having all your debt paid off eliminates some fear, but having multiple streams of income just feels fantastic. Uh it's a totally different experience. And that's kind of what we got out of real estate. Yes. Yeah. So the Dave Ramsey plan is something that my family actually was really into for a while. And the thing I do love, so there's there's pieces of it I love and pieces of it I'm not crazy about. I, of course, think Dave Ramsey is a phenomenal uh, business mind and marketer. Like, I think he, I think his strongest suit is marketing because, man, he, he built this massive podcast and company on helping people get out of debt and he markets really well, which is awesome. And like, we got, so we got really into the debt free thing, which is a good thing because, you know, it's taking you to a place where you don't have, worries about your financial well-being because you, there's no debt, right? You've gotten rid of all your debt. You've got all this excess cash flow. You're it's it's kind of like it's a very low risk place to be in life and it's it's not very stressful to have no debt and and very few financial worries. Um the the part of the whole thing that I never could really uh logically get on board with was using cash for real estate. And um it sounds like you guys are the same way. Um, and I think it's great if you have, if you have the ability to come up with piles and piles of cash to buy real estate, that's great. I mean, owning, owning real estate in cash is better than not owning any real estate at all. Um, but you lose that, the beautiful, the, the, the best part of real estate investing to me, which is the leverage aspect. Um, the leverage aspect gives you the ability, you know, to have cash on cash returns. Sometimes, well above 50%. I mean, there's deals where we've less, left $2,000 in and we're making, you know, 2400 a year on it. And so we've got above 100% cash on cash return. You know, now as you put more money in, the cash on cash return goes down, of course. But I'm just making the point that you can control an asset worth hundreds of thousands of dollars with a few thousand dollars if you use leverage. Whereas if you're using no debt at all, you're controlling $100,000 assets, $100,000 asset with $100,000 of equity, which is going to give you, you know, maybe a in a lot of a lot of uh, cases less than a 15% c 
cash on cash return. Many times it's it's single digit, right? Seven percent. So then it acts kind of like a, a like a dividend off a bond or something. Um, but but without the debt. But I think something that people don't realize when you own real estate in cash, uh, you still have to pay the taxes, right? You still have costs associated with there. That 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 property is not expense free. So, you know, when you're doing your calculations, your back of the napkin calculations on a rental property, and you're going to pay cash for it. You're still taking out operating expenses. You're, t- you're still taking like, I would, the, the way I do the back of the napkin calculation is I say, what's my gross rent? So let's say it's $1,000. And then I take out 45% of the gross rent to give me my net operating income. So I would say $1,000 minus $450, which is 45%. That's going to give me $550. Now I'm factoring in that operating expense ratio, taxes and insurance, which is going to be there regardless of if it's debt-free or not. And then third-party management, then repairs and maintenance and some reserves, vacancy, all that. Typically on my deals is around 45%. It gives me a really quick way to uh, to see what my net operating income will be. And then, and then after I get the NOI, I subtract the debt. So when the property is debt-free, you just got that NOI and that's what you're making, but those operating expenses are still there. So I think like the, the Dave Ramsey plan is great for getting people that are in like financial financially stressful situations out of those situations, getting them right side up, you know, getting them on a budget, living below their means and whatnot. But I depart kind of like you, it sounds like you guys do uh, at the point at which you're not using debt uh, on real estate, because I think if, I think if you properly manage debt on real estate, you can build a lot of wealth. What was your, um, while going through this Dave Ramsey program, what were your thoughts on the real estate piece of the whole thing? So we, you know, we paid off the house and after that, uh, we decided, which that's um, amazing, by the way, that's awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So we primary residence you paid off. Yes. Our primary. Wow. So, you know, we talked about getting a HELOC on it and I was just so nervous about that because we had spent so long paying it off. So uh, with Richard's job, he is able to um, deploy overseas. So we decided that we, you know, for multiple reasons, we wanted to invest in real estate. Uh, We had been listening to the Bigger Pockets podcast and um, reading articles online and decided this this is what we want to do actually richard had to convince me oh she did she didn't want to at the beginning <laughs> like she is, she's fantastic at it but she did not want to in the beginning <laughs> no no so he got all. he got me hooked on the bigger pockets podcast nice you know? okay we're we're gonna do this so um so richard deployed uh to save up enough cash to purchase our our first property we bought a fourplex and, and to defend freedom and everything like, yes yes that <laughs> <laughs> there's that there's that piece as well there's that. But, but it also helps you save up cash yes. like she said. <laughs> exactly so um yeah we bought a fourplex that was on the mls we did the you know the traditional 25 percent down and I mean, we were terrified. That first deal was just so scary. Yeah. Um, but we, you know, we got in there and we learned a lot on that, that first deal. Um, and we also figured out, wow, if we want to keep going with this, if we want to scale, we can't just save up a 25% down payment every time. So that is when we decided we were going to learn the Burr strategy. Um, so honestly that, and, and we, we did get a HELOC on our primary to allow us to buy with cash. Um, and that is really helped us scale, you know, before we were thinking, well, we might be able to buy a property every two or three years, but this year, um, we've now purchased six this year. That's awesome. Yeah, so we've talked about this a lot, but tell us what the Burr strategy is, what that stands for. Okay, so the Burr is buy, rehab, rent, refinance, repeat. Um, so we've been able to use our cash uh, to buy properties. We've bought a lot at um, foreclosure auctions. Uh, and then, you know, they are 
uh, some of them are, are nasty properties, <laughs> but we go in here, you know, no one else wants them. So we go in and uh, rehab and make them look nice and put a renter in there. And we do use uh, a property manager. It just makes things easier for us since we're so busy. Um, and then, you know, obviously we have brought the value of the property up. We get a, an appraisal on it, a, a refinance, and um, then we, we pull the cash back out again so that we're able to repeat the same process. Very nice. Yeah, the Burr strategy is a wonderful way to take a sum of money and then use it over and over and over again to build a portfolio as long as you're able to get the money back on your refinance. Um, you know, I've... I've had great success with the birth strategy and I've had, uh, poor outcomes with it. Um, how could it go badly? Um, well, if on the back end, your appraisal comes in low, mm -hmm. um, you end up with money locked in. I, the funny thing is people, uh, I've talked to some people who act like that if they leave money in a deal, the sky is falling. And <laughs> I always, I always like to remind them, um, for instance, let's, let's say your deal, you, let's say you buy a property that the after repair value or ARV is going to be worth 200. You get it for a hundred thousand. You're going to put 30,000 in, or let's say, let's say you're going to put 40,000 in. So you're all in for 140, 75% loan to value on that deal is going to be 150. So your appraisal has to come in at 200 to get in. Let's say closing costs are 5,000. So you're in for 140 plus the five. So you're in for 145. If it appraises for 200, you're going to have that 150 because that's 75% of 200 minus the 145. So you're going to get back all of your initial investment plus the $5,000 extra, right? But let's right. say your appraisal comes in at 180, okay? And you end up leaving $10,000 in this deal. Well, you're in that deal for 145 and it appraised for 180. So you created $35,000 of equity and, and then you're leaving 10 grand in there. So you've got $45,000 equity total on that deal and you put $10,000 in. So you're getting a 450% return on your investment year one on top of the profit. So let's just say the profit year one is $200 a month or 2,400 a year. You put 10,000 in and you're getting 2,400 a year back. That's 24% cash on cash return. That doesn't even include the lump sum that you netted off the 10,000, which is 45. So you made an extra 35, including, you know, not including your equity. So like when, when people act like the sky is falling because they left 10,000 in, I'm, I'm like, well, you grew that 10,000 into 45 and oh, you're also getting 2,400 a year. And that property, if you bought in the, a good area is going up in value while it's being paid off and you're also getting to depreciate it. Uh, which which can shelter that income from taxes and give you some tax-free money. So even when the appraisal comes in low, this is still a wonderful way to grow a large portfolio and build a lot of wealth. And when it goes really well and you get all of your money back, it's extraordinary, right? So yeah, it's so exciting. It's the best feeling. <laughs> yeah. So how how is your, you said you did six. Have you taken it all the way through the refi on your six this year? The uh, mostly through. Okay. And um, yeah, we, we have a closing today on one refinance and then a closing on December 18th for the next refinance. Okay. So let's talk and about then, this refinance you're closing today. Did it, did your appraisal work out where you're getting all of your initial capital back or did you leave some money in? I know we're going to leave just a little bit of money in. And like you said, you know, that's fantastic. And yeah, you know, when we started our, our first purchase was a fourplex and we had to put $55,000 down. And, you know, that was money that directly came from time in Afghanistan. So totally. like, that was very stressful for it us, was, yes. yeah. but it also did something that, you know, I, I, I think there's a lot of good things about the Dave Ramsey program. And one of them is the just mindset that you get to just have way more money than you need for something. It, it just, it, it kind of reset our, our expectations because in our mind, you know, to buy a property, you needed 25% down, which in this case was about, you know, $50,000, you know, plus some costs. And so, you know, with the, with the birth strategy, 
if it doesn't come out perfectly and you leave like five, $10,000 in a deal, you know, that's fantastic. There is just nothing to complain about there because you've probably built 20 or 30,000 in equity and your cash flow is going to pay off that five to 10,000, you know, very quickly. And, you know, the, the good thing about the Dave Ramsey program is that, you know, it teaches you to just have way more money for things than you need. So, you know, leaving some money in is not going to stop us from doing the next one and the next one and the next one. You were saying that, you know, you spent time in Afghanistan in a stressful situation away from your family to make that 55,000 and that went into your first deal. Well, that's, I mean, that's a lot of money. Like as people who don't own any real estate, just let me go ahead and tell you, you, it, it takes a lot of work to save up $55,000. And I know you know that just from having, trying to save up $55,000 for other things, but when you save up 55000 and you don't have a lot of real estate and then you go put that down on one property, it's a bittersweet thing, right? Because you're like, okay, we got our property, but we don't have any cash anymore, you know, and your cash is gone. This burst strategy gives you another option. You could take that 55000 do a deal where you buy a property distressed, get it fixed up with the lender's money, and then refinance it and get that initial capital back, hopefully. So let's say you put fifty five into that. And you get 50 back. Well, that 5K created 45,000 in equity or something. So you're feeling really good because you're like, I just turned 5,000 of that 55 into 45 more. So I've still got $50,000 cash in my bank and I've got 45,000 equity in my property and it's cash flowing and it's going up in value. It's really exciting. And that's why everybody talks about the burst strategy like the greatest thing ever because it really kind of is the greatest thing ever. And even when it doesn't work out and you leave 10,000 in, Hey, you're not leaving 55,000 in, you're leaving 10,000 in, right? So th this is, this is a strategy you guys have been using and you now got six this year. So tell us about how you're finding your properties. What, what process are you using to locate these deals? Well, uh, Melody is phenomenal at hunting deals and she is, uh, she's able to find them from just a lot of different ways, including auctions, wholesalers, uh, like she just, uh, one of our best came off of the MLS just because she knows this market so well. And when something pops up on the MLS, she immediately knows if that is outside of the normal range. And if it's a deal, I mean, we, we drop everything. Um, and, you know, we, we go out and make an offer fast. I think that one was the same day. It listed and we offered same day, I believe. I believe so, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, that's one thing, you know, out of state can be great, but if you're in a market that works and one person, you know, it doesn't have to be you, but somebody on your team just knows that market, you just got a big advantage because those deals don't last long. Yeah. Yeah. We and also, um, you know, just through people we know, our property manager will bring us deals. Um, we've just, it's funny, uh, a couple months ago, we said, okay. We're, we're at a point now, we just need to finish these up. And I said, I am not going to look anymore. I am not going to look at the MLS. She could not look. Well, I, I didn't look. <laughs> she tried. But people she tried just, to not look. People started sending me deals that same day. It was morning. I said, I'm not going to look anymore. And three different people contacted me and said, hey, I've got this property. Do you want it? So we've just kind of uh, set up you know, deal funnels, I think. Uh, I think that's what they call it on bigger pockets. But, you know, we've made friends with wholesalers and we have friends who, you know, hey, if you see a good deal and you're not in a place where you can purchase it, send it to us and we'll do the same for you. So I think it's become easier, not always, but it, in some ways it's become easier to find the deals. Yeah, it's so important to set up your funnels for finding deals. Um, when you start, or at least when I started, I started going about things the slowest way possible, which is looking at the MLS, mm -hmm. you know, and the MLS works. It works. There's stuff on the MLS that can make you very wealthy over time if you invest in it, but you got to really look and you got to keep looking and keep looking and keep looking. It's trying to, it's trying to find, I wouldn't say a needle in a haystack, but it's trying to find one in a hundred or one in a thousand, right? Um, right. It's there. It's just, if you, if you look at every deal and get excited about every deal, you're not looking at the numbers right. Because 
stuff is being sold on the MLS at retail, meaning uh, if you're trying to get get in at a very low price point, you're you're probably not going to be able to find a lot of distressed stuff on the MLS um, that's priced to the point where you can you can get it rehabbed and have 25% equity when you're finished. Um, even the distressed stuff on the MLS, a lot of times the numbers don't work great on. I've bought stuff that's distressed off the MLS and the numbers worked worked well, but it certainly was not each distressed property I looked at. And for each distressed property on the MLS, there's probably 200 properties that are retail, not distressed that you're looking at. So, um, but setting up your funnels is important because you can still find stuff on the MLS. I've found some of my, my best deals on the MLS and then wholesalers. That's a wonderful way to find deals. There's another funnel. Um, direct marketing if that's something you're into is another funnel you can do and then there's just like word of mouth like letting other investors know what you're doing and people will call you and say hey this property's up for sale are you interested um am i missing something are you guys is there another channel you guys are getting uh a leads through or did that cover it i think that just about covered it yeah so and I gotta, I gotta ask. And of course, if you don't want to give out your secrets, you know, you could edit this. But <laughs> I heard on your uh, podcast recently that your team is able to reach out and touch a hundred people a day yeah. on the um, hunting multifamily LA. How are you pulling that off, man? Yeah, the best way, the best way to go about, I think, building a real estate business is like you always hear people talking about. Just use other people's money, other people's money, OPM, OPM, OPM. It, it sounds like opium, right? No, it's not. Uh, but <laughs> OPM, other people's money. Well, to me, the secret sauce is in OPT, other people's time. Mm. Other people's time is other people's money. Time is money, right? But you have to incentivize people, give them give them a, a big enough carrot to get the, get them to help you in a way that that's, that's a win-win. And so what we've done is we built a team and we, we built our team out where we have like a little sales force and our sales force goes out and has a list and they work their list in their little territory and they get compensated when we buy a deal off their list and they get compensated really well, like really well. Mm -hmm. Um, but they don't get paid for just working the list and not bringing in a deal. So it's, uh, it's essentially kind of a sales like kind of a off market, you know, hunting leads sales role. Um, but they're not paid hourly. And so we're not sinking money into something that's not producing, but when they find a deal and we close on it, they, they do really well off that. So that's how we're able to reach a hundred people a day. So, so they're not, they're, they're not employees, but you're giving no. them like 1099 incentives if they find a deal for you, huh? Essentially. Yeah. We're yeah. 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 Um, without going into all the, all the details, basically, yeah, they're basically they're, they're out working as, as a kind of bird dogging properties, if you will. So yeah, um, I have a friend who owns a, a business and has, you know, a lot of employees and, you know, he, he talks a lot about how much time is he sinks into employee issues and, yeah. uh, yeah. So you've got it set up in a way that you don't have all those headaches that that's come correct. With a yeah. full-time employee, but you have an incentive system. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, podcast, so it's like, man, I got to ask him how he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know, I think one thing that's made it possible is that I built rapport with people over the podcast and they're comfortable with me enough to, to try this, you know? So, but I, I think it's possible for anyone to do this. You're just going to have to find people that are willing to, to have that set up and then incentivize them in a way that, you know, they, they I told, I told my folks up front, like, you know, 99.9% .9 of the people you talk to are not going to work out. So you got to be willing to do this for a while before you make money off of it, you know? Um, right. cause I wanted them to, to know what they're getting themselves into, but, but, uh, even so, uh, it's been very difficult to find deals. So, I mean, that's, and that's going at stuff off market. So, um, but anyway, um, so let's, let's kind of circle back to, I, I'm interested in like, you were talking about the Dave Ramsey plan and then getting into real estate investing, you paid your house off and then you decided to go get some rental properties. You are using debt on these properties, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes, okay. So are you debt free otherwise and kind of combining the Dave Ramsey plan with the Burr strategy? 
No, the um, almost. I, I took a mini vacation on a credit card, and uh, that's about to be paid off. But yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. essentially, essentially yeah. debt free. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Debt free on everything that's not a investment property. Cool. Yeah, I guess we're gonna call this the Burr Ramsey strategy. The Burr Ramsey. I like it. Like it. <laughs> the Burr Ramsey plan. That's like a fifth R. Yeah, the Burr Ramsey plan. The Burr Ramsey plan. <laughs> the like Ramsey plan. Um. Okay. Cool. Well, so six so far this year, and we've had a pandemic, uh, yeah. and a lot of complete madness going on, uh, along with you know schools being shut down. I know. You, I think you said you were homeschooling um yes, but homeschooling. so you add that layer of 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 um stuff into the whole picture and you guys have made a lot of progress um are you leveraging hard money lenders or how are you going about financing these we ha we have not used uh hard money or private money yet um we've just been using the the HELOC and we did sell the fourplex uh recently so we, we owned it for two years and then sold it. Actually, we closed right before the the pandemic shut down. Um, so, you know, we, we made money off of that. So we're also using that money. Um, but I, I do think we're open to looking for you know, private money, hard money in the future. But we, we just wanted to kind of, you know, make sure that we really understood and knew what we were doing um, before we looked into something like that. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, like early on, I, um, you know, I read some of this stuff out there and it, it was highly motivational, but not tactical. And I very quickly lost $25,000 and, um, you know, someone and he wasn't cheating. Um, you know, he didn't do anything unethical. It just didn't work out. And, uh, I mean, that was crushing early on, you know, almost didn't bounce back from that. And, uh, I never want to do that to someone else. So we just kind of decided, you know, let's just put our own skin in the game. We've got a goal. We, we called it the sprint to 10. It's, it's kind of turned into more like the, the power walk to 10, but just using uh, our own resources plus bank loans um, to get to 10 properties. So max out our, you know, Fannie Freddie, normal loans, 30 year fixed stuff. And then, you know, if, if we decide to go bigger from there, you know, that's a possibility, but we've, we've got a track record. We're not out there possibly losing other people's money because we don't know what we're doing. Right. And you said, you said, you know, you should other people's money, other people's money. And, you know, I definitely do agree with that. I just think after our own personal experience, um, we wanted to make sure we had a good track record before we started using other people's money just, you know, because we were able to. So, um, but now if we can use other people's money to, to help us scale, but also make money for them, it's a win-win both ways. So we, we yeah. definitely do not have anything against using other people's money. That's just not the path that we took, but I, yeah, yeah no, that, that, I think that's wise. Uh, you don't want to use other people's money too early. Right. <laughs> if you use other people's money too early and you lose other people's money, uh, you're going to be, you could be using your own time in jail. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you're not using other people's time or money. Um, but, uh, you, uh, Richard, you said, you said that you had a, you lost $25,000. I didn't catch how that was. Was it investing in real estate with someone? Was it lending money? Like, how did that happen? No, no, it was, um, God, this is embarrassing. The, um, <laughs> it was an investment that it someone, was an investment. Yeah, yes, someone else. I got gotcha. you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Was, and they syndicated it. Yes. You know, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Okay. That's the person, and um, you know, like I say, he he wasn't dishonest. The, yeah. Uh, okay. So so it was an oil, and they always talk about okay, don't invest in something you don't understand. I don't understand oil. And they were <laughs> they were repairing and rehabbing oil wells, and then. Um, man, I can't remember the year it was. it was somewhere around 2012, 2013, the oil market just imploded and all of these little private oil operators just shut down. And so everyone that bought into this syndication thing just lost all their money. Oh yeah. And it was just awful. 
Yeah. It was horrible. Because, yeah. you know, we, we lived cheap. I mean, we still live pretty cheap. Um, but we lived really cheap. Um, I almost wouldn't spend $150 to... <laughs> we lived really cheap. <laughs> and um, so that was just a massive hit. Um, yeah. But when I look back at it, it's like, okay, so I had the right mindset. Hey, invest in things, get cash return, you know, don't get out of the rat race. But I had zero tactics. So I started really diving into tactics. Yeah. Um, I think, I think this, I think this example is, is really, really valuable. And you probably feel like you put 25,000 in, you lost it. What an awful, awful decision. But I think you're probably where you are right now because of your mindset towards investing and being willing to try new things. And I don't view that that $25,000 lost and it was hard to come back from, but I don't I don't necessarily view that as probably as much of a failure as maybe you might think because in order to be a successful investor, you're going to have to have this mindset that you're willing to take calculated risks. And sometimes they're not going to work out. And maybe you didn't calculate well enough on this or dig deep enough to figure figure out all the details on it. Or maybe sometimes you make an investment and it just doesn't go your way. And you have stuff pop up that happens that just doesn't work out for you. But you know what? You're now doing this real estate thing. And that that that, that came out of a mindset of you got into bigger pockets. You wanted to, to develop financial freedom. You're, you, you kept at it. You didn't stop. Like if you make an inve- a poor investment, lose money and you stop then you're screwed, right? Then it's a horrible thing. Um, but to me, I don't know anyone that hasn't had a situation like that, not necessarily in investing in something oil related, but I don't know anyone that hasn't had a situation like that down the line with something. Um, and if they tell me they haven't, I don't really believe them. <laughs> so, um, I think that's literally just part of it. Um, so yeah, thanks for, thanks for sharing that story. Okay. So what's the, you said, 10 properties, your sprint to 10 or your power walk to 10. Uh, what's the, what's the long-term big picture goal here? Ooh. <laughs> um, time freedom. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. We definitely want time freedom. And, um, uh, the, we, we have, you know, we, we had that goal for a while and we're getting very close to it. And, um, we are, we're pretty seriously talking about doing the, um, one thing couples goal setting, retreat to help us figure out okay you know after that you know what what do you want your life to look like they have this you know seven areas of your life you know including you know family work time spirituality and then look at it say hey what does this look like 20 years from now plan backwards make milestones set up goals and then have your weekly and daily action plans to get there and um so yeah, I think we're uh, I think we're going to do that because it is hard. Um, you know, the game changes a lot after you have ten. You know, you're you're doing, you know, commercial loans or private money, and uh, yeah, there's just a whole another level of complication. And I think you want to make sure you know, you know, why you're doing it. You know, one of the what what are the Tim Ferriss things is avoid work for work's sake, but then there's also growth for growth's sake. And uh, you know, we we need to sit down and say, okay. You know, do we want, you know, a hundred doors? Do we want, you know, enough cash flow to just live comfortably? And it's not an easy thing to figure out, but we like the process and that's the key. Like we really enjoy doing this. Yeah. So, it's, it's been a lot of fun. We, yeah. we really enjoy it. Yeah. And that's, so I think we're on the right track just because of the fact that we enjoy the process. It's not like, oh, this is awful, but you know, I, I want to get out of a job or this is awful, but uh, you know, I want a Ferrari. We're like, Hey, we like doing this. And, right. Uh, we, that, and that's we huge. We're really old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, one thing is, I mean, you guys are in Alabama. I know this because I'm here. But um, you guys could put ten in your name, Richard, and ten in your name, Melody, and have twenty using Fannie Mae if you wanted to. Um, contingent upon being able to get qualified right. on the financing side. So just FYI, there might be a way to do that. So yeah, I, no, that that's a good point. We've actually been looking into that, and um, yeah. you know, I I do have to find a way to get qualified because I am a stay-at-home homeschool mom. Yeah. But we are working on that, and that's that's a goal for us. I would so, guess uh, just just from all the refinances that I've been through, and my wife being on a lot of them, um, uh-huh. 
I would guess that after you own them a certain amount of time and you could talk to your lender about this, you could refinance them over to your name and then Richard could start on 10 more if he's got the W-2 income. But, Ooh, okay. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, yes. but that's <laughs> worth that's definitely worth looking into. And I've also discovered that when you have something like this where you're like, okay, we could get 20 and Melody's stay-at-home mom right now and Richard's got the W-2 income and you've both owned, there is a way to do it. Then there is a way to do it that's completely ethical and allowable. You just got to literally talk to enough people that they, they figure it out and help you figure it out. You know what I mean? So I would say there's like a 90% chance you can do that. So um, that could help you with a lot of capacity and keep you locked in on 30 year fixed low rate stuff. So, yes. Okay. Let's see. We were talking, I think we were talking about your, Oh, we were talking about this one thing seminar. I might, Sarah and I might want to go to that with y'all. I need, I need some details on that. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I think, um, you know, because of COVID and everything, they're just doing it online, but, um, I think it's November 14th and 15th. Oh, wow. So it's, it's, it's coming, it's coming up. up. Yeah. Oh, well, well, we can't do it then. <laughs> we, we would have to get babysitting set up like years in advance. I, I know. Yes. And now I think. Uh, they did say that everything was going to be recorded. So oh, cool. what, what we're planning on doing is, you know, having babysitters part of the time and sitting in on those live sessions. And then, you know, we'll have to come back to some of the others later on. Sure. <laughs> sure. I, I was surprised at how many guys reacted the same way you did because, uh, yeah, I was in a group of guys and, you know, they, they own businesses. And uh, I was like, man, I, I might get mocked for this. But I, I was like, yeah, we're talking about doing a couple's goal setting. And they're like, oh, man. I really want to see that worksheet. And they started looking through it and they're like, this is, this is really good. My wife and I don't know. And, you know, they are, some of them are extremely, you know, successful in business, but I think it's pretty common where they're like, man, I haven't sat down and talked to my wife about this. Yeah. And uh, same thing with women. They're like, you know, I, I may not have talked to my husband about that. So, yeah. Yeah. That, anyway, that sounds, that sounds really great. I'd love to be a part of, of something like that. So, Hey, Richard, I heard that you enjoy hunting zombies. Can you tell me about that? <laughs> wow. Yes. I, I, uh, I love hunting zombies. There is, uh, <laughs> wow. I wasn't ready for that question. <laughs> Millie and I, we were like, okay, so he'll probably ask some of these things. And, you know, we, we thought about some answers, but man, that one, while it's absolutely true, I don't have an answer ready, but yes. Um, so there is a brilliant uh, businessman who lives out in the sticks of uh, West Athens. Is it Daryl yeah. from Merle. Walking Dead? or what, what, yeah. Is it Daryl or Merle? Yeah. <laughs> so, so basically you uh, load up the kiddos on the back of a trailer with paint guns bolted to it and uh, zombies come out of the woods and you just unload uh, on them. Let's say you've got like 50 kids unloading on you know, zombies with glow-in-the-dark paintballs. And it's honestly fantastic. I mean, they set up a great experience and they're also just making an absurd amount of money per second as those kids just like send the paint down range. Um, and we had a blast. My daughters were begging to go back. Um, my, my son, who's three, he now walks around and um, pretending that the family is zombies and um, virtually shooting us. Uh, so yeah, it, it was fantastic. And it's, it's true. I'm a pretty good zombie hunter. That's amazing. I, I'm, I totally want to do this. I'm, uh, I'm worried. I'm worried about my three-year-old at this point, but, uh, once we get him a little bit older, we're definitely going to do that. And it's given me a business idea. You know, if there is a real zombie apocalypse and we, uh, and we, you know, build walls and have a safe place to live, I might open a, a, a legitimate real zombie hunting business where we have real guns and we just roll around, you know, we, we load everyone up and roll around and actually shoot real zombies and then come back to the safe place, you know? So I, I, want, I want to get on in on ground level on this. <laughs> it's a, it's a franchisable opportunity. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> excellent. Yeah. Excellent. I would like to be in, be in on this. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, well, Hey, are there, you know, we'll, we'll go ahead and wrap up here. This has been awesome. I, I, you guys are, you guys are killing it. I love your story. I love that you're working on this together, that you enjoy the journey. And that's like the biggest, to me, that's the biggest part of all this. Like there are other things to invest in besides real estate. And a lot of there's, there's a lot of other things that work. I like real estate best because I understand it and I've worked it in a long time and it's fun for me. And people ask me what I do, you know, what my hobbies are. And I'm always, the first thing I always say is, well, real estate's really my hobby. 
and I've got some other ones too, but like, I actually enjoy it that much that I think about it at night. I think about it in the morning. I think about it on Saturdays. Like I work in it. Like it's, it's fun. It's fun for me. It's definitely not all aspects are fun, but most of it I really enjoy. And I definitely enjoy the journey. So I would say if you're like considering getting into real estate investing, you know, you know, and, and you're, and you're going to commit a good portion of your life to this stuff. Like I, I would highly recommend like, you know, seeing if you enjoy it. Um, cause there, there's some challenging parts to it. It's, it's a lot of, um, getting through a lot of, pro- it's a lot of problem solving, you know, um, which is, which is fine. That's how everything is. But, uh, I, I think, I think to, to really be extraordinary at it, I think you got to also enjoy it on top of, uh, just being able to problem solve. So, um, tell us, are there, are there any books you guys really like? you'd recommend people check out outside of the obvious, uh, rich dad, poor dad, um, get any books you've, you've read lately or that you've read in the last few years that you recommend? I like David Green's Burr book. Um, that, that one is great. I still refer to it every once in a while. And, um, the last book I read was yours, Josiah, and that was great. So what about you, Rich? So I really like, um, Chad Carson, retire early with real estate. And, uh, the thing I like about it so much is, you know, he, he really mixes in that, okay, I'm going to work really hard on real estate and then I am going to completely disappear and do amazing things like take yeah. the family through hiking in the Inca trail. I mean, you know, he, he's not into the, he enjoys the process, but he's like, Hey, this process is there to help me have an awesome life. So yeah, totally. you know, just like you and through hiking the AT and, um, I did hear another bigger pockets person say that was their goal. So I don't know if that's like a personality trait. Like, (laughs) yeah, she's in Salt Lake and she's like, yeah, once I, you know, I'm training up over here in the mountains along Salt Lake and then I'm going to hit the AT. So like, I'm kind of fascinated by that. That's wild. Personality type of this like extreme endurance sports type maybe just does really well at real estate. I don't know. I've got this, um, this kind of bucket list goal uh it's kind of a bucket list item and a goal of building my passive income in real estate to a point that there's enough coming in that I could I could say okay my you know and I think it's probably going to be when my kids are are grown and off to college or something but um if they choose to go to college um it's probably something that's going to happen at that time where I don't I'm not leaving them at the house to go away on the six month hiking trip. Cause I, t- I talked to my wife about us all doing it. And she's like, I don't, she's like, I don't think I'd really enjoy it. And, uh, she's like, it sounds awesome, but I don't think I'd really enjoy it that much. And I'm like, I understand, you know, so I'll probably wait until the kids are grown. But, um, I would love to just say, Hey, I'm going to do this and, and let some of my good friends know. And then I'm sure some of them are going to say like, I don't have enough money to do that. I can't, I can't take that much time off work. And I'll be like, I'll just, I'll pay for it. You know what I mean? I'll pay for the yeah. whole thing. Let's go. So, I mean, what, what happens if you pay for it and they like, they bonk halfway through? Do that's they okay. Get that's okay. Do you get their money back? Like if they bail, they're like, dude, I can't do it. I'm only 500 miles in and I'm done. What happens? I'll, I'll, I'll view it as money saved, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, like I, I heard, um, oh, I can't remember the dude's name there. There's, there's a, there's a guy. Oh, it's Jesse Itzer. Yeah. Uh, I was listening to him and you know, his wife started, uh, the company Spanx. And then, you know, he's had like three or four exits on things he's, he's started and, you know, sold. So like both of them have had a, a ton of entrepreneurial success. They have a good bit of money from all those exits. And they said something one time that I was like, that is awesome. They, they're like a, a few times a year we take trips and we take all our friends and we just pay for it. And I'm like, that's awesome. Like if you've got the money, like what's your money for? I mean, if, if you're just going to hoard it all away and then die and give it to someone else. And then they're going to blow it. I mean, like what, what are you really working so hard for? Like, so like, yeah, it's kind of a bucket list thing. I would love, I would love to just be like, Hey, I'm heading out on the AT for six months. Here's my, you know, here's three or four friends that want to go with me. We're going to have a, an amazing life experience and I'll pay for it. Just come along, you know? Um, so anyway, that that's kind of one of those things I, I just think about being awesome. So. Yeah, I also read his book where he hired a Navy SEAL to uh, live with him. Yeah, to, yeah. Him to do endurance sports. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, that's, that's an option too. You could add that to your bucket list. That, 
I'm not as crazy about having a Navy SEAL just kicking my butt all day. I kick my own butt. Um, yeah, I th- that book was hilarious, by the way. Um, well, cool, guys. This is this has been great. Um, I really appreciate you joining the show and, and sharing your story. And I do look forward to starting a zombie, a real zombie hunting company with you. And um, yeah, we'll we'll take that. We'll exit that business. So make a lot of money but yeah guys this has been awesome um thanks for joining thanks for joining us let's let's stay in touch and you know once you once you hit your 20 properties on fannie mae we'll have you back to talk about you know moving from where you are to there so yeah and hey big congratulations i I saw yesterday that you got your uh loi signed on um the big multifamily in huntsville so congrats oh man i'm so excited about that i'm i'm trying to i'm trying to to not talk about it yet because i want to get all the proper the proper checks and balances in place on, on, you know, how we're going to raise money and all that other stuff. But like, I'm so excited and we did get assigned LOI and, um, yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a, a fairly sizable apartment development. Um, so I've been, I've been beating my head against the wall and trying to ran, run through walls on getting apartments. It's just not been working. And, um, and I feel like this is the first like real identifiable progress that's been made. So, I'm excited about that. So anyway, well, um, we will, we will wrap this thing up guys. Thanks so much. And we will catch you next time. All right. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode please connect with me on Instagram at daily real estate investor or via email at Josiah Smelser at gmail.com. My new book titled dream it and build it how to crush your real estate investing goals is out. You can get it either in digital or physical format on Amazon. Once you've read the book, please leave me a review. Tune in next time for another episode of the daily real estate investor as we both join in our financial freedom journey.